Welcome to the Relentless Indigenous Women podcast, where empowerment, justice, and reconciliation take center stage. Hosted by the dynamic L.A. Lucree woman, Candace Linklater. She's the founder and visionary of Relentless Indigenous Woman Co. with nearly 1 million social media followers, an educator, PhD candidate, and proud reskin. This podcast is a passionate platform for Indigenous people and allies alike. Here's your host, Candace Linklater. This week has been quite emotionally and spiritually heavy as a lot of discussions have been surrounding truth and reconciliation. And as my social media pages are a place for education, I do talk a lot about you know, the reason why we have truth and reconciliation in the first place. So for those of you that may not be um, in Canada, truth and reconciliation is September 30th, also known as Orange Shirt Day, um, National Truth for Reconciliation. It is a day to honor the survivors of residential school. So what is residential school? Sometimes it's also known in America as boarding school. So these schools were for the purpose of assimilating Indigenous peoples into Eurocentric ways of being. So they were um, forcibly removed from their homes and sent to these schools to learn English and learn, quote unquote, proper ways of being and functioning in in this world. Um, So the reason why it's also called Orange Shirt Day is it comes from a story of from the wonderful Phyllis Webstad where she went to residential school one day and um, well on her first day of school she was wearing an orange shirt and she got it taken away from her and that was one of her form of punishment. It wasn't just about the orange t-shirt it symbolizes what was taken away from us our culture our language our ways of being our own community everything And many uh, survivors and those that went to residential school experienced brutal punishments. Um, The living conditions and oftentimes the food was quite horrendous. And um, it's so it's quite the heavy week for Indigenous peoples across Turtle Island. And when I say Turtle Island, I mean North America. So what I would say for folks that are listening in, is that this is not just one day, September 30th. It is, it is a day, it's, it's a day to definitely reflect, but I ask of you to take what you're learning these past week and this past um, month and over the years of what you have currently learned and continue to learn more, continue to walk in solidarity with us. So the National uh, Truth and Reconciliation Commission made 94 calls to action back in 2015 and that was quite a while ago but about out of those 94 calls to action which you can find online only 13 have been answered so far if you're not in canada i recommend you check out those calls to action anyway and see how so there's different um so for example there's education sectors there's the media there's law and child services I would highly recommend you look at those and see how you can potentially implement some of those calls where you currently are. So as you're learning about the realities of residential school, this is not, this is one of the ways that we experienced um, really harsh ways of assimilation as Indigenous peoples. 
You are bearing witness um, to the healing that of Indigenous peoples today. And I asked if, if you're a non-Indigenous person, how you can hold yourself accountable to your continuous learning and walking with us in solidarity. So last September 30th, I was working and it was, um, I was working for a client. I was doing some social media pieces and, um, that day I was already emotionally very heavy. Um, it was, it was very tough to carry on and what the type of events that were occurring was, um, you know, indigenous people telling stories. There were some songs, there were, um, you know, just sharing not just their experience in residential school, but like sacred stories. And there was like art projects and stuff often led by indigenous peoples. But there was something that was really, there was something bothersome um, within my soul um, about all of that is, uh, although, yes, there were indigenous people present and yes, we were sharing our things, but the whole purpose of truth and reconciliation is for non-indigenous peoples to learn how they can walk in actionable accountability, how they can, um, you know, decolonize themselves um, look in ways that they hold privilege and how they can center Indigenous voices. It is a time to reflect and learn. And it is not a time, honestly, for Indigenous peoples to perform. Although I know there are some of us that are happy to do it. Um, but that takes, that shifts it away. We're not here to perform and sing and do the dance and be happy in front of you like everything's okay. We are not okay. I can tell you that if we were really being honest with ourselves. So after that day, um, I had a full day of social media. I was making sure I was capturing everything, right? And um, I sat down on a couch and I cried, I think for half an hour. I could not stop crying because I'm like, I don't even, did we even reach anybody? Is anybody listening? Uh, Are they reflecting on, you know, how to walk in solidarity, how they can dismantle forms of colonialism within themselves and within systems? Was that even a discussion at all? And so that that was a really tough day, and I, I told myself that I wouldn't participate in anything again where I had to just perform and make it so that there was no forms of accountability on non-Indigenous people. So that's why this, this year I'm very much dedicated to the educational pieces. And that day as well, um, I met, uh, so I left, and um, I was walking down the street, and, you know, my eyes are puffy, and I'm crying, and then I saw this beautiful Inuk woman. She was also wearing an orange shirt, and we both like just looked at each other. And it was almost like this familiarity. Um, she was an Inuk elder, and she had this loving, compassionate look in her eye. And um, I just broke down and cried. And then I told her, like, I'm this day is really hard. And she's like, I know, I'm like, I'm Moose Cree, and um, I. I just had such a rough day. I don't know how, like if I did anything meaningful at all um, or if people are listening really at all. Um, And she just held me and um, we were both like in the street, like just holding each other and crying. And because, you know, this day is tough for many of us. Um, And after that day, 
I made a suggestion for those that were indigenous that were participating in that day to have a circle talk, to have like a time for sharing of how that, you know, to debrief that day. And when I tell you all of us were sitting there in tears, um, that day was tough and we all put up a front. We were all trying to do, you know, our, our job at the time. So I ask of you, if you're asking us to perform for you, we're tired. Maybe, maybe learn from us. Maybe learn about the history and learn how we can move forward and do better. How to be better treaty people. National Day for Truth and Reconciliation um, are discussions that are openly uh, talked about uh, for a residential school that's quite new to our society. But I really want us to keep pushing forward and not stay status quo and stay as performers and stay as, you know, forms of tokenism. There is so much more accountability that needs to happen. This summer, my family held a memorial service for survivors and for those that didn't survive residential school. It was our first one ever um, on Moose Cree First Nation territory. And, you know, having these discussions of reconciliation are important um, as it offers healing space for us as Indigenous peoples as well. And for us to, you know, have these open spaces for healing, to talk about the experiences of residential school, because for years, many of them have been quiet. I know there are still some that are not comfortable sharing their story because it's so painful. But we had a memorial service and our community was invited and the survivors. And one part of the the memorial service was having um, the survivors were in the middle and the community members, we surrounded them. And it was a time of prayer and connection and love. And that was very, very powerful. Um, And there was this huge wall of names hundreds of names and that was just from my area um and it it took up an entire wall and my grandparents names were on there and one of the most memorable parts of that memorial service was when we had cupcakes and i was curious like why are there cupcakes here this cute little you know it had a little orange um icings and white icing and it was decorated nicely and I'm like that's I wonder why like it this doesn't seem like a celebratory thing and um, we were told later it was because in residential school they didn't celebrate birthdays so that was uh, so when we all gathered together as a community we sang happy birthday for the folks that couldn't celebrate it and um, for those that were there that didn't get to celebrate there so that was one of the most touching parts of that ceremony now as we move on to you know learning more as a society as we move on to being transformative with our society and in our systems and within ourselves It is important to understand and to be aware and cognizant of the elements of colonization that still exist today. It's embedded in pretty much everything that we do and in our society, how things function and even how our mindsets are in our hearts. And some of these elements of colonization, they are rooted in power, in control, individualism, 
supremacy, and hierarchy. So if you think of these elements, think of, you could probably think name off five off the top of your head that, you know, elicit or that have these types of components within your organization or within your own mindsets or uh, within our government. So these are embedded and in order for us to, you know, move on um, and ensure that atrocities like this don't happen again and to not just that, not just not happen again, but to uphold indigenous sovereignty on these lands and to honor treaties. It is important to understand the colonization and then decolonize from that, step away from that. So what are opposite of those colonial paradigms? And that is something that is discussed among a lot of indigenous peoples. Um, A lot of us are decolonizing, deconstructing our ways of thinking, our ways of knowing, because being in um, colonial realms, um, like in schools or within institutions and corporations, it's, it's perpetuated over and over again without us really thinking about why we do what we do and who exactly is it serving or helping or supporting. So we are all treaty people. Every single one of us in Canada and in the United States, whether you're dishonoring them or not, or upholding them or trying your best to uphold them. Because these lands, uh, Canada was created using treaties. Um, Although like backstory, like the one treaty nine was made, It wasn't with the understanding that Canada was going to be created. It was a treaty with the crown at the time, but that's for another whole history class. But anyways, the whole premise of treaties was as uh, between indigenous peoples and settlers was to have a relationship based on reciprocity and respect. And pretty much the moment that those treaties were made, those were, they were dishonored. And it is now time as descendants of those treaties that were made and the descendants of, um, you know, as Indigenous people, as non-Indigenous people to remember the promises that your ancestors made with mine to uphold respect and reciprocity and to respect our Indigenous sovereignty. Um, So we are in a time of remembering, reclaiming, remembering what our treaties were there for. They are not old. They, they, they're not just a piece of, you know, agreement that happened years and years ago. It is, it is something that is still consistent today and is upheld today. Well, should be upheld today, but it is still a promise. It was made using tobacco and to us, tobacco is when you're making a sacred promise between one and the other. So not honoring treaties from a spiritual aspect has really bad implications if you're not upholding treaty properly. My great-great-grandfather was a uh, Treaty 9 signator. He signed the treaty with the crown, with the king, with the understanding that, you know, his rights would be respected. Um, And they weren't. So as his descendant, I am hoping 
that the descendants of, you know, the non-Indigenous descendants will learn and learn the treaty land that they're on. And if they're not on, um, you know, a numbered treaty area, learn the agreements that are currently in place wherever you are for the Indigenous nations in your area. Now, reconciliation is about remembering, you know, remembering we are treaty people. And also recognize and acknowledge that reconciliation is and can be quite messy because it is about learning, unlearning, and all of the emotions that come with it. You know, the guilt, the anger, the frustration, the isolation, the feeling disempowered because you're like, oh, shit, like this, this happened? Like, what do I even do now? Like, I have no power. You do. And one of that is, you know, continuously learning. Um, There's a lot of resources online where you can continue to learn. But in terms of the emotional aspect, what I ask for you to do is push through those moments of discomfort and guilt and frustration. Now, I'm speaking uh, to non-Indigenous people here. Push through those moments of discomfort, guilt, and frustration. And don't stay there. Notice it. Realize it. Maybe ask yourself, why is this so frustrating for me? Why do I feel so guilty for this? And who does it serve if I stay here? Who does it serve if I stay in this discomfort? Who does it serve if I stay in this guilt? Who does it serve if I stay in this frustration? Does it move the momentum of reconciliation any further? Now, emotions are real and they are valid. But at a certain point... We have to alchemize that, transmute that into something good, into justice. And maybe part of that story, your story of pushing through those, you know, those emotions can inspire somebody else. And part of reconciliation as well is not even to appear like you're doing all the right things as an ally. Please know that there will be moments that you mess up. Take that as a learning opportunity. And it's nothing personal. It's nothing personal. We are just trying to create a collective movement of transformation. And that is nothing to do with you in a personal level. Although I know that your intentions are, are very nice. I'm sure you, you want to be kind. If not, I don't know why you would listen this far into my podcast. I am grateful that you are. But understand that sometimes intentions don't translate to actual positive impact sometimes. Let your priority not be the appearance of niceness but let it be the pursuit of justice when you are making actions of solidarity and making actions of reconciliation and center indigenous voices during that process listen with an open heart and listen to understand as opposed to listening to be right or wrong one of the main things that i hear a lot is I don't know what to do and I feel like what that does is it creates apathy. So just because you don't know what to do doesn't give you the right to not do anything because there are resources out there. And I know that, you know, people on my social media page are like, where can I find resources? Like literally Google it. There is so much resources on there that are very helpful and that are from indigenous perspectives so there is something that you can do and if anything you do today 
and moving forward is learning, 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 teaching your family, teaching your children, teaching your coworkers. Let that translate not just within your mind and heart, but inspire others to do the same. Because as Indigenous peoples, we have been telling our story for decades, and now we are finally being listened to. I think it took, you know, those 215 um, graves that were found a couple of years ago to create a shift. Unfortunately, that had seemed to create this massive, like, oh, actually something happened. What do you mean? It was, it was really that bad. Residential schools were really that bad. Yes, they were. They were brutal. And I'm glad that the world is listening but continue to learn, listen to understand, don't listen to be right, and don't listen just to appear or to look nice. Um, That's essentially what colonization was. It was to, you know, uh, convert indigenous peoples into Christianity. It was to make them look good, right? Like, oh, I, I led them to the kingdom of God. I led indigenous peoples to the kingdom of God. So I must be like a good person. So just go forward with the intention of justice and not the intention of looking nice or appearing nice. That's not what this is about. It can be messy sometimes. And still know that even indigenous people are still learning. Um, We were taught the same curriculum you were. I didn't know how brutal residential school was and how systematic racism is still embedded in our society today until I went to university. This kind of stuff is purposefully not taught because then it would cause change, right? It would cause change. They don't really give you tools to even do that as well. And that's why I created the Reconciliation Action Plan Toolkit, which are tangible processes or strategies to instill reconciliation in your organization. Um, I'll talk about that a little bit later. But there are, um, there's a reason why our society doesn't know. And there's a reason why it has been whitewashed because it wouldn't serve colonialism. It wouldn't serve capitalism. It wouldn't serve patriarchy. It wouldn't serve this illusion of power. And yeah, so even indigenous people, we're still learning about our history and still healing. And know that when we are telling our stories, when you see us displaying our emotions or you even experience it from us, to not take that personally either. If we become frustrated or we become saddened or disheartened, that is not about you uh, as a non-indigenous person that's not about you that is about us still processing what happened and the grief that is coming out that maybe our ancestors couldn't feel my cousin and i um, yesterday we both had the opportunity to speak to people about our grandparents' survival. So my cousin spoke today, actually, and then I spoke yesterday. I spoke with a a group of folks that um, wanted to learn about truth and reconciliation. And of course, when we get to the topic of our grandparents, that's when the tears come. And um, my cousin uh, messaged me the day before, so yesterday, how, 
how, how to do it. And I'm like, you know what? Just let the emotions happen. Let the emotions be part of the lesson. So when you see our emotions happen, just see that as part of the learning, knowing that it still trickles down and it is still very, very, it's still very fragile for us because my, my grandparents didn't even really talk about their experience in residential school, right? And now we're learning of the realities of, those, of these schools and, you know, knowing that our own flesh and blood went there. It's deeply hurtful. It's, it's deeply traumatic. And just take our emotions as, as a lesson. And it, it is nothing personal. And we are still healing we have a lot of healing to do collectively as Indigenous people. And even as non-Indigenous people, we are all impacted by colonialism. And now my message for my Indigenous relatives. I know this past month, this past week, or any time residential school is discussed, it is very difficult for many of us. And... You don't have to tell a story if you don't feel ready for it. You don't have to perform if that doesn't align with you. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. Spend time with our mother. Spend time with land. Spend time in ceremony if you need to. Spend time in prayer and meditation, reading. Take a bath. Go, go outside. Do something for your spirit, your mind, and your body. Take care of yourself. Waves will come and go. And that makes sense. One moment will be fine. And then we think about it. And then we just feel this heaviness over us. That's okay. That's okay. We are all healing. We all feel this. We are not alone. We have so many ancestors behind us. And with us, walking with us. And when we cry, that's them healing too. That's them healing too. We're so used to being in survival as indigenous people that, you know, for, for decades, and I think this new, gen new generation coming up and the one after that, I know even for myself, I, I, I have that opportunity to, you know, sit with the pain and let it be there and cry it out. And then you grow from it. I, I know like it, it, that's so cliche, but really it, it, it releases something spiritually when we do that, when we allow space for that hurt to be there and honoring that hurt because many of our ancestors, you know, didn't have that chance. They may have been in survival. I know my grandparents were, were quite busy. My, my grandmother and grandfather had like 16 children and, you know, they were busy and, you know, surviving and, you know, dealing with their own trauma. So we have this opportunity right now. If, if you want to take a moment out of the day, out of your days to just let it be there, be there for yourself, like hold yourself with compassion. If you need to put your hand on your chest, wrap your arms around yourself, ask a cousin or a friend or an auntie or anyone safe to, for a hug even. Be gentle on yourselves and know that our survival, just even being here wasn't even supposed to happen. 
They wanted to get rid of us. And they wanted us to forget about our cultural ways. They wanted us to forget about our resilience and our strength that has been with us for since time immemorial. They wanted us to forget. But we, we are still here. We are still here. Excuse my language, but that's just how I talk. Our survival is the biggest fuck you to residential school. And our survival is the biggest, it's the biggest fuck you to all of these assimilative practices. It is the biggest like middle finger to the colonial ways that we are still here. And we are still learning, we are still healing. The generation after us, like there's a wave of resurgence that is happening and that alone is the biggest fuck you and I love it. I love it. And I say that with the most hopeful tongue. I say that with the most passion and love. I don't swear because I, I, I mean it to be facetious. I swear because I'm just passionate. I'm, uh, that's an emphasis for me. But our survival, quite incredible if you think about it. So be proud in the moments where you feel the heaviness. Know that you are not alone in any of this. Your ancestors are with you and every time that you feel that pain in your throat, the, your tears are welling up, they feel that too and that is part of their healing. That gift of you allowing it to be there, that is a gift to them. And then when we grow every time, that is a gift back. So allow those emotions to be there. They make sense. It makes sense. Allow space for it. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope um, if you're not an indigenous that you keep on your learning path. And I don't just mean with your mind. I mean with your heart and with your spirit. Spend some time out on the land today all of you, and every day, because that is one of our biggest healers, is our mother land. And if you're wanting to take your reconciliation further and into your organization, contact me at info at relentlessindigenouswoman.ca. I have a reconciliation action plan toolkit that I recently created, and I would love to meet with you to discuss how I can support your reconciliation path. Thank you very much. Take care of each other. Miigwech. Miigwech. Thank you for joining us on the Relentless Indigenous Woman podcast, where we strive to empower, educate, and inspire. If you're ready to take your commitment to Indigenous education and advocacy to the next level, connect with us. Relentless Indigenous Women Co. offer services such as keynote speaking, workshops, and guidance on systematic change grounded in Indigenous ways of knowing and being. To learn more, email us at info at relentlessindigenouswoman.ca or visit our website at relentlessindigenouswoman.ca. In the spirit of reconciliation, let's walk together to create global change. Miigwech. Thank you for being part of our community. And until next time, stay relentless.